Whether you're an aspiring music business professional or a seasoned vet, every Thursday, the Music Business Podcast brings you the trends and tactics from some of the world's most innovative minds in music. I'm artist manager and consultant, Jordan Williams. And I'm Sam Heisel, co-founder of the music marketing and content production agency, Knox. We're not teachers. We're entertainment industry professionals, drinkers, wannabe comedians, and most importantly, fans. Welcome to the show. Jordan, what's happening, man? How you feeling? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm ecstatic, bro. We got uh, my business partner, longtime yeah. friend, um, yeah. Nico Ivanov. Nico is a he's a true killer. Right? I mean, uh, Ivanov uh, sound like a true killer, bro. That sounds yeah, like yeah, you yeah. walk into a room. <laughs> yeah, with a, bro. Don't cross Nico. To, yeah, yeah. you're gonna say. make sure you get your he, content he knows right. How to close a deal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Well, well, Nico, no. I mean, Nico's an incredible, uh, incredible human being, incredible marketer, incredible kind of leader. Um, he joined Knox shortly after we started the company and has really grown into a crit- critical component, uh, a business partner at that, uh, an owner, co-owner. Um, and I think his role, I mean, he's the head of accounts um, and a partner at Knox. Knox helps artists, brands grow and convert fan bases online by, by creating and distributing content. So Nico really oversees that the head of accounts role. So um, ensuring that we're executing upon the, the key initiatives and goals that we got brought in on to begin with, with all the different clients, whether it's music's brands. So um over time, as we've grown, like he's grown into a leader and managing the team and not just managing specific projects. And in this episode, I mean, it's awesome because his his journey of growth has been incredible. I think he kind of speaks to a lot of the core principles that enable him to operate at such a high level and work mm-hmm. with incredible artists and drive a very strong impact. Mm-hmm. Um he also manages some artists on the side, uh, Chad Tepper, Gatto. Um, so, I mean, he's able to, does a, a fantastic job at balancing a lot, staying calm, cool, collected, and most importantly, effective. So really enjoyed having Nico on, kind of pulling back the curtains, talking through some of the, the the approaches he has from a marketing perspective, from an entrepreneurial perspective, from a, a managerial leadership, all these different sides of what it takes to kind of succeed in this business as a businessman, as, as a leader, and do so from a place of fulfillment and enjoyment and service. So really enjoyed it. What stood out to you, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think I think the most important thing that I kind of learned from it. One, I, I def, I you know, you'll hear this, but I brought up a question that I, or, or or a conundrum that I brought forward to my life coach, and Nico sort of answered it for me um, in a way that I think was really, really, really uh, thoughtful. And um, I'm going to use it moving forward, which is how does he stay calm and collected? So excited for everybody to hear that the answer to his question for that. Um, I think he's clearly a man of process, even from the way that he was explaining things. You know, at some point we talked about the three pillars of marketing. We talked about uh, the difference between pre-launch, post-launch, and during launch. And then, uh, you know, what marketing can be, paid media, collaborative content, and um, content opt- optimization. Those were all things I was like, damn, he's he's got it. He's got it. <laughs> so um, it was also cool just hearing about, you know, how you run things at Knox again. I'm sure, I mean, you know, we, we, we obviously have known each other for a while, but, you know, he's right when we, he said at the end of the interview that we, we interviewed, uh, you know, Matthew Legati a, a while ago. And, and clearly since then, there's been a lot of growth just in the way that you all operate. So um, definitely in terms of, you know, the way that he operates, but also at large, how, how Knox has leveled up over the, over the past year and a half since that interview is just really great to hear. So. Yeah, for sure. Not. It wouldn't be possible without Nico. I mean, I think uh, from being an early employee, it's now having like, 
nearly like 13 people on our team. It's been pretty crazy and yeah. none of it would be possible without Nico. I'll say that. Uh, and on that note, let's, let's dive into this week's episode. Nico Ivanov. Nico, what's happening, brother? How are we feeling? What's going on, guys? I'm feeling great. Happy to be here. Appreciate y'all. I love it, man. No, excited to have you. I know we uh, collaborate a lot. We've already been on other calls earlier today, so just keep keep it rolling. Very excited to, to have you on, man. Absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, uh, Jay, it's great to meet you finally. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, my good brother, Sam, I mean, this is probably our fourth call today, so <laughs> good to see you, man. Um, all, all about awesome. the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> He's you like, you're the bag, the fourth the call today. It's <laughs> the only call where we didn't close a deal, you know, but we, we still we still ride, you know what I mean? <laughs> nah, it's, it's been fun, man. Well, I, w- I would love to hear from your perspective, man, just kind of breaking down what your day-to-day role is at Knox and some of the other stuff you do outside of Knox. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so in terms of Knox, uh, obviously, you know, partner and, and head of accounts and and really what that looks like on a day-to-day is jumping in, clearing out my email, making sure that I have my priorities set for the day, uh, typically responding to maybe a, a few client fires to, to start off. Ideally, we're all set in an order, though, and, and no urgent responses are needed. Uh, go through and uh, check in on all the different timelines for our clients, making sure our key initiatives are buttoned up, that we're feeling good, the team from you know the creatives to the digital strategists within Knox are are all set to go. Um, do those check ins and then you know really start to dive into client calls. Um, you know typically, especially once you hit mid to end of week, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, we got those back to back to back. So I'm going B to B more than our boy Black Coffee out here sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun and a lot of communication, uh, steady on the phone. And then from there, you know, when you're jumping off calls, communicating with internal teams, making sure, like I said, checking back in, uh, do we have the creative assets that we need? Are, are our timelines buttoned up? Are things, you know, moving along for us to hit our deliverables and, and just making sure that everyone's feeling good, feeling happy. And then last but not least, um, just overall business operations. You know, checking in for you know bigger initiatives of what we're what we're doing to tighten up systems and you know looking to to grow and scale and, and add to the team and, and different things of that nature. So that's kind of what a, a quick rundown of of my day at Knox would be specifically. And then when it comes to the artist management stuff that I'm I'm doing kind of outside of that, uh, really that that's more run and gun. And uh, that's that's a little less systemized. Uh, you know, that's pretty much just me and, and kind of making sure that, uh, you know, sessions are happening and, and music's moving along nicely and, you know, making sure if there's contract talks going on that, you know, I'm, I'm doing my part to keep the ball rolling in, in every area uh, needed. So from a work perspective, that, that's kind of what a, a day in my life looks like. Yo, it's funny. You were explaining kind of like what you were doing at Knox um, and you do a lot of stuff. And uh, that obviously is very in line with being an artist manager. So <laughs> it's like you can kind of use that experience from what you're doing uh, already at Knox to, to, to then pour it over to what you're doing as a manager and kind of managing a lot at the same time, um, which kind of leads me to my next question. Like uh, as an account manager, as a, as a client manager, what are some of the, the skill sets that you think are most important for you to succeed in what you do? You know, you said communication was one that I kind of heard. Um, waking up, making sure the email 
is done, making sure you you, you know what you're going to do at the start of the day. When did you realize that these were like the most important things? I feel like account management in this situation, um, a lot of it is learning on the job because you're learning how to work with clients in your field in a way that's best for them. So what, what are the skill sets that you feel like developed uh, the most in this role? Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, without even flat out saying it, communication is the number one. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went to school and studied communication and marketing. And, and so, you know, uh, that, that, that skill set's kind of like been there and something that I knew that I was passionate about just grew up. My mom would be like, this kid's a talker. So like to talk, but it, you know, making sure that that communication is very clear and on point. Uh, one of the best things that I walked away from with co- like from college with was one of my professors was like, Hey, ambiguous questions lead to ambiguous answers. And I'm not trying to have any of that going on in this, in this classroom or in, in any of these assignments. So I really stuck like, yeah, stuck he was, he was straight up with you, bro. Oh, he was absolutely. straight up with you. <laughs> absolutely. And, said, and look, I'm, you ask a dumb question, you're going to get a dumb answer. <laughs> and like you feel me <laughs> bro even one time i like wrote a paper and i was like i wasn't really sure of like what you wanted and he was like well that's great because the prompt wasn't i wasn't really sure what i wanted either he was just like one of those pre- i mean this dude was on tenure you know he was he was good <laughs> we're getting rid of him um no matter what but i still like i said you know i stuck with that um throughout my life and and even into the career with Knox. And so communication, making sure that everything that I'm communicating, be it to an internal team, whether it's a quick Slack message, uh, talking to an intern, talking to someone on the creative side, talking to, you know, a fellow account manager, talking to one of my partners, just trying to make sure that that communication is extremely clear, especially when it comes to clients. I don't want any you know, any confusion in any email, text, mm-hmm. call, anything like that, any agenda that, you know, we send out, just making sure that communication is clear. So that's first and foremost, live and die by that. A couple other things would be like, you know, I kind of look at client services and account management, like customer service, right? Like I grew up serving tables in college and, and some of those skills that have developed, you know, on a way, 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 way deeper level doing this is like, Hey, being, you know, having that, that level of anticipation, what, what is this client going to need? Cool. They've got a shoot coming up. All right. Do they got a production run a show? Do they got the days handled? Do they got locations? Do they know what they're shooting? What's even trending right now? Um, or, Hey, this, this is performing really good. I'm going to just reach out and put it on their radar. Hey, you should talk about this, this, and this, or we need to make sure that we're accomplishing these goals because I know you're hyper-focused on this right now. But two, three weeks down the line, you have this other initiative. Be great to just back pocket some content now so we have that ready to go and not be in scramble mode when we get there. Um, so that anticipation, that communication, customer service being really kind. You know, I think uh, excellence communicates care. And at the end of the day, we just care a lot. Knox cares a lot about our clients, what we do. We're very lucky and passionate um, about what we do. You know, we're lucky to be doing it and we're passionate about what we're doing. So we just want to make sure that across the board, every skill that we have really just kind of whittles down to super easy, super simple. We care. And so, you know, making sure that you're really, really attentive when it comes to details, 
Um, right. and, and, and that all, like, it's kind of like one thing feeds into the other. Like you can't be super in the details and not have anticipation, right? Like you have to, if you're anticipating what's going on, it's because you were in the details. If you're doing things at a really high level, it's because you cared. You can't do things at a high level if you're not communicating clearly. So those are some skills that, you know, I've, I've had develop here at Knox. And like you said, it's, it's really just in the field. You just kind of learn it as you go. And, and I do think that there is kind of an X factor, um, that a, a great account manager would need. And I'm just thankful to Sam, man. I mean, honestly, Sam taught me a lot about what I know in the account management space. Um, and, and really like, you know, giving me good tools to like, Hey, I, I would have maybe said it like this, or let's frame it like that. And so it's all in your framing and like rereading your emails. And again, like just being extremely clear and, and caring a lot because it, again, like, like I was saying, one thing feeds in, into the next. If, if you don't care, you're not rereading those emails, you know? And so, uh, that, that's kind of what I would say is developed. Yeah. I love it, man. And I think, um, thank you for that. And I think it's great too, to see, cause I think you are the epitome of like how much you can really accomplish once, if that foundation is there. Cause I, I think like there's so the, uh, as like Knox has continued to scale and the amount of like artists and priorities and initiatives, like without those foundational elements, like there's, you can't, you can only go so far. And, and I think if, if you, once you cross that line, if you don't have that, that over communication, that anticipation, that, that level of service, then like everything starts to break. And I, I do very much think that like that foundational element, like, like even when you distill client services down, it's like understanding and executing upon key priorities and then like strong communication, clear communication, not over communicating and under delivering and, and just, but like, yeah, no, I love to see that. Um, when you think, and this is, I mean, we've, spoken about this in passing in the past never necessarily like within this context i'm excited to hear your your answer but i know like faith is plays a massive role in your life i know you're very involved with your church do a lot of kind of community organizing and 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 stuff there how does your faith influence how you operate as a leader and business owner because even you're you're not ever the type of person to like push it down like i mean make it a, a key thing but i do know that it does kind of run deep in your operating system as a human being yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I'm glad you asked this question because like you said, I mean, we've talked about it in passing, you know, being business partners for the last you know, few years, obviously, you know. So, I mean, I'd say it like this, like faith is everything for me. You know, it's the foundational element that that is my operating system, right? Everything kind of, you know, like expands from my faith as that core element. I mean, so how do I, you know, use that in business? I mean, it could be the kinds of clients that I, you know, we work on the, the things that I put my name on specifically, you know, and, and I just want everything that I do and everything that I put my name on and everything that I'm a part of to really reflect that faith. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because living in LA, I mean, and even my pastor says this often is like, people are like, Oh, you know, you have good vibes or like, it's great energy. And it's like, cool. Like, it's really, that's, it's just my spirituality. You know, it's, it's my relationship with God that, that they're picking up on more than like vibes. But like, I think really it dictates how I pursue everything in the sense of like, at one point in my life, I was pursuing success by, by means of, you know, finances, stature, 
uh, accolades and things of that nature. But I, I really view success differently now because of my faith. And, and that success is more like, is what I'm doing validating me as a person? You know, yes, I am a business partner Knox. Yes, I am a manager. But even within that, it's like, I want to raise other people up. I want to, you know, teach them how to be good people and, and do my best to sow into their dreams and their goals and their aspirations more than I'm just focused on the bottom line. So validating me as, as a man, you know, having faith in my competence of like, you know what, I know that I know what I'm doing. And I, and because I know that I know what I'm doing, I want to do it excellently because that's what I feel like God is, is an example of to me is excellence, you know? And, and that's like that care again. It's like, I want to be excellent because I want to communicate care. And then, you know, the, the last thing is like confirmation in my purpose as like that third success, uh, you know, lever or pillar that I pursue. And that's because of, of my faith is like, you know, I want to be in this industry and I feel called to this industry, be it entertainment and marketing and, and communicating uh, because I care about people. And this is definitely an industry that, you know, that um, faith isn't as prevalent in. And so, like you said, it's not like I'm out here on my soapbox, like shoving it down people's throats. Like that's, I'm not like, that's weird, you know, but this is just who I am. And, and so if I have an opportunity to just be kind um, to be loving to, again, Jordan, like I was talking about earlier with your question, like to communicate at a really high level with anticipation and care and things of that nature. I mean, that all boils back down to my faith. And, and so that's, you know, that's how I function within business and being a business owner. And, and again, like I want to open up doors for friends and, and show people like I'm being from Albuquerque, like showing kids that grew up like me. I grew up with a single mom and not the best area in the world. And I want to show people like me, like, man, if I could do it, you could do it. How, how did I do it? Well, you know, by way of my faith and hard work and serving other people, because that's what we do at Knox. We're serving these teams, be it a label, a manager, an artist directly. Um, or even, you know, in the brand space, whatever it may be, we're serving other organizations. And I'm just trying to serve other people as, as well as I can and, and be a steward of what I have and be kind. And like I said, raise other people up because at the end of the day, like that is growing our business more than anything else is being good people. Um, because again, that kind of just like, if you're a good person and you care and you're working excellently and you have anticipation and clear communication, it's it's funny because like I said, it all just comes back to the basis, which is my faith. So, Well, damn, yo, that was actually like really beautiful. <laughs> so, so I don't know if you've said that shit before like, like that, <laughs> but um, we did record this and you should memorize that <laughs> for the next time somebody asks you that question. I'll just, um, I'll just point them to the to MVP. It'll be like, there you yo, go. Music business there you go. I was like, Happy damn. Flip. Post on my socials. <laughs> right. You don't, yeah, right. You work at Knox. You know exactly what to do. <laughs> you know, that shoulder content. But um, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. So I guess like kind of going to the business part now, you know, we've kind of covered the intrinsic motivations for you and the skill sets that you kind of need to do to be effective uh, in your business. Uh, now I kind of want to go to what 
kind of runs your business, which is the marketing tactics, the strategies, that sort of thing. So at a very high level, um, and then we'll get down to the nitty gritty right after this, because that's I know that's where Sam shines. <laughs> at a very high level, um, what do you feel like are the most important principles to keep in mind when, when growing a fan base uh, digitally? And then I'll actually ask a, a part two of that question. Which one of those do you think that people forget about the most? Man. All right. So look, I think at the end of the day, like it comes down to, to growth, um, right? You know, we do serve in, uh, we do work in servants. See, I'm all, I'm all services minded, like you <laughs> work in an industry that is, that, that is uh, results based. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on those key growth levers, like, you know, whether that's your, like specifically for what we do and, and how we're trying to grow people across the board is, by way of, you know, three pillars, if you will. And that's like content collaborations, content optimizations, and and through paid media and making sure that we have a very succinct and tight-knit plan across those three and how they can feed into one another. Um, And then also, you know, specifically tied to an initiative, making sure that we're pressing into having three phases of the game. I grew up as an athlete and it's like, to win championships, my football coach would always be like, we have to be strong in all three phases of the game, which was offense, defense, and special teams. Now the three phases of the game for us are, you know, uh, tease, launch, and amplification. So I'm like, if we're not buttoned up in all three phases of the game within, you know, and that's kind of like more the like nitty gritty, getting a little more granular than, you know, how can we expect to win? How can you expect to push ticket sales or push a new song or music video or a new flavor of your beverage or, you know, a grand opening of another location for your gym, whatever it may be, how do you expect to have a thorough marketing plan if all you're focused on is launch assets or all you're focused on is what you're going to do after the fact, or even like what we see happen more than anything else is like, probably see a lot in the tease phase like people are like really ready to build up hype and then it's like out and then like that's it um and so i think yeah i don't know if that answers your question directly or if that's what you were looking for but you know that's that's what we focus on and and maybe the part two of that is you know what what is forgotten most can you ask that second question again yeah so what do you which one which uh so i i kind of heard like six things uh, two trios of <laughs> concepts. Yeah. So one of them was, um, you know, teeing it up the pre, the pre or the pre pre launch, then launch, then post launch. So the three marketing pillars, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. And the other thing that you said, I was trying to take a note. You probably know what it is, Sam, too, because you worked there also. But you were like content collaboration content optimization and then i forget the last one yeah paid paid media marketing paid media, paid media. And, I, forget paid I think media. those are almost like those three phases as well right that's mm-hmm. your offense defense like parallel phase. parallel like concurrent phases almost you know it, exactly and i mean you you need to make sure that like cool who who am i aligning my brand with or you know if i'm an artist who do I have content? Cause that's a huge growth lever is to grow mm-hmm. on socials is to, you know, you're around other tastemakers and, and influential people, you, you know, it's that social proof. 
And so, you know, making sure that you're aligning your projects, initiatives, or yourself with, um, you know, those kinds of people that can help further the reach and cast that net even wider um, is something you got to think about. Uh, Optimizations being like, you know what, a lot of people are posting content, throwing things against the wall consistently, and maybe it's actually not paying off the way that they would hope. And they're putting all of this effort, time, uh, talent, money into things that actually might not be performing that well. So it's critical to take time to step back and analyze, is this working well? And if it is, great, double down, triple down. And whatever's not, scrap it. Just move on. You know, mm-hmm. no harm, no foul. Like, I want you to, don't be precious with it. Throw as much as you can against the wall. But after you do that, you know, we do it weekly and monthly for a lot of our clients, um, you know, weekly kind of at a high level, monthly on a very, very deep level um, to make sure that, you know, we're not just spinning our wheels. And and if the key is growth, then you have to optimize your content. You have to optimize for what's going to help you grow and get get out there as, as much as you can. It could be simple things like, oh, every time I post a reel of this type of content, I go off. Cool. Do more of that. Or it could be like, you know what? At one point I was posting wide shots and those aren't doing well anymore. Great. Now I do need to make sure that my aspect ratios are right and that I'm only going with, you know, four or five or one, one or whatever it may be. Mm. And so that's that content optimization. And then paid media, a lot of people, I think, brands, artists, whatever it may be, sometimes can undermine this. And I'm not saying just throw money at the situation. And I know that that Sam could attest to this as well. You need to be very strategic and thought out in how you go about doing this. But at the end of the day, like these platforms are smart. The algorithm is the way that it is because you can't just get 100% access to even if you have 13,000 followers, something, you know, something on the smaller end, you can't just get access to hundred percent of those people for free anymore. It's like, you wouldn't be able to just throw a billboard up on, you know, a hotspot off the one Oh one. It's going to cost you money. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and put it somewhere in the corner where, you know, maybe 15 people a week are going to see it, then obviously it's going to cost you a lot less. And so making right. sure that, that you understand that and that you have a good plan of how to execute on that. I think uh, that matters and and no, and not one piece matters more than the other. In my opinion, you need to do all three at a high level and do it well mm. uh, to, to really get where you're trying to go. Right. Love it. And when you think about like in, in practice, like who have been some of your favorite like artists to work with and that, that have grown that you feel have been able to do some really fun, impactful things from a marketing standpoint and just really in helping serve their career in general. Yeah. I mean, look, I think uh, some of my favorite clients that you know we worked with today have been uh, Leslie Grace. Uh, her team is just absolutely incredible. She has a lot of fun things going on. Um, multifaceted artists uh, just had, you know, huge movie release within the Heights that's in theaters right now. Um, great music career and just overall great person. She's really down for the cause. She, she trusts us a lot. And so that's always a lot of fun when you get to work with a client that's just down and you're like, Hey, we want to try this on TikTok. Cool. Let's go for it. Um, and obviously it makes it even more fun when they're booming and, and doing these incredible things. Like, you know, I'm walking, uh, 
to you know through the grove the other day doing some shopping and i see a bunch of posters of her i'm like oh, there's leslie that's awesome um sean paul i mean sean paul has been incredible to work with one it's sean paul like let's yeah. be you know what i mean sean like, paul. yeah i was repeating syllables so i don't even know what i said just then <laughs> i mean growing up listening to him and then being on calls with them you're like yo this is sean paul right now like listening to our advice and so that's a lot of fun but i mean this this man pumps out more music than anyone that i have ever seen honestly this dude is dropping music all the time and with that it's been so fun like we have just got him super bought in on tiktok and now this dude's gaining like over a hundred thousand followers a week and having so much fun with it and now we're just getting to do a bunch of fun ideas he has a great personality and so like being able to press into the fact that he is a living legend and icon yeah. and we're starting to unlock a different level of his personality has, has been a lot of fun I'd, I'd love to like press in there too because I, I feel like and I, I think managers marketers a lot of people can attest to this you mentioned that like Sean is just now really starting to unlock this explosive growth on TikTok and like there's a process of getting artists buy-in and excitement that it becomes this filter that will even the best manager in the world. Like if they're not able to get this buy-in from an artist on some vision that they have or find a way to make sure that they're, they're fully bought in and feel as if it's their own, like you can have the best idea and best strategy that will take you to that place. But like the artist just isn't down and you're just twiddling your thumbs. Like, I mean, Sean Paul, I mean, there's some interesting examples there, but just generally speaking, when you, cause that's not the, the only time, like there's always these like battles, not even battles, but just process of, of getting people and artists bought in, like as a manager, as a marketer, like what do you think are some of the best ways that you've seen in inspiring that change? So they do really have that like vested interest and excitement to execute upon a, a strategy. Like, cause we could, like people hear those like six pillars and go tell their artists, their artists like sick. Yeah. Peace. But like, so sick. yeah, sick. <laughs> no, when you just did that, my heart just shattered for how many times that's actually happened. <laughs> he triggered him. Yo. <laughs> um, but look, I mean, look, like you said, there's plenty of examples. I mean, a couple other fun ones have been like, you know, film and Lee. Um, he's, he's great to work with as, as well. And, and has bought in, to TikTok and and so to answer the question directly it's like anything new um and out of the ordinary like we as marketers or as managers understand that these artists have a lot going on and so first like empathizing with that and understanding their schedules go 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 from whether it's you know writing sessions recording having to do these interviews doing music videos photo shoots now all of a sudden you know i gotta do x amount of content shoots but whatever maybe oh now you want to throw in tiktok and now i gotta do x y and z and all i know about tiktok is i see you know these dancers that are you know doing and i don't want to do that right and so i think what has really been a great tactic in convincing or selling someone on it is like just giving them facts and I think it comes from also having a, uh, a, a place of credibility with an artist of saying like, look, I understand that you don't want to do this and that's totally cool, but you got to understand that this app has been the top downloaded app for X amount of months and has this many, you know, billion users 
and has broken, you know, you, you broken this many number one records in the last, you know, year, 18 months. And once you kind of start like giving context to the weight that this app carries, you know, It'd be like, you damn, start, word, word. Yeah. You just, you know, <laughs> like, right. Oh, man, for real. And then you're like, yeah, I mean, you know, dog face 420 with the cranberry juice. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, that song was back on the charts for the first time in like 20 years or something crazy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's reviving legacy acts. It's breaking new acts that you've never even heard of, um, giving people number ones, all of these different things. So you, you lay that foundation of context of like, I'm not just here trying to convince you to do this for my health. Right. Number two, you come up with like a pretty cool idea or a cool idea. And then number three, it's like, it's funny, this kid, Austin, that works for us, uh, we were on a shoot one time and one of the clients that we were working with was a little, uh, not really wanting to do this. He didn't want to shoot at this location, but Austin had this vision for this location and he literally just looked at him. Our cars were pulled up and we were like about to park and Austin was like, bro, just give me a chance. Just give me <laughs> a chance. And there was like so much, (laughs) you could tell, I was like, dang, bro, like, (laughs) like you could see the conviction and like the vision and like, he just was so sold out on it that the client was like, well, dang, bro, when you put it like that, like, let's go. And so I think that's another thing is like, it's gotta, if you have to be sold on it, can't be like, let's just get on TikTok for the sake of getting on TikTok. Like now come correct with a great idea, give context as to why you want to do it. And then have that level of gusto, you know, that, that the guts to be like, yo, just give me a chance. I promise you, if we do this and we see the growth that I know that we will, then you're going to be excited. And if we don't, cool, then I won't bring it up again. And so, um, you know, we, we've done that and it's paid off. And then once people see growth, people love numbers. You know what I mean? Right. want to see, you know, 6 million views and 300,000 followers. And then people all of a sudden are like, oh, snap. All right, cool. What's good for TikTok this week? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I'm ready. I'm going to be early for the next call, actually. <laughs> um, dope. Dope. Um, want to do a little segue here. Um, I've, been, I've been meeting with a life coach recently. And uh, one of the things he told me to do was to uh, think about the people in my life who I admire, people, colleagues that I'm close to, and think about what makes them uh, good leaders and grab from them some of the traits that you admire. Because we were talking about um, just how to develop as a leader. Sam, I actually thought of you in that situation, too, if I'm being frank. I was like... Let me think about what I admire about Sam, you know, the homie who, you know, I feel like we both look up to each other in a lot of ways. But one one of the things that I one of the things that I said was that uh, the, the people that I'm close with that are great leaders can stay so calm and collected throughout turmoil, chaos. It doesn't matter what their day looks like. They still show up to every meeting focused, very calm throughout the day. And uh, Sam told me that he sees a lot of that in you. He was. He, he said that you're. He said that you know you're, you're even tempered in, in in very chaotic situations, and I feel like that's also a necessary trait that you need uh, in your role. So I guess my question is, uh, you know, what's your secret? <laughs> How do you do it? <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, Sam, my guy, appreciate you. <laughs> um, 
you know, I, I think for me, it, it, it's pretty simple. I, I just remember where I came from, man. And, and I, I just literally, I, I tell myself in the most chaotic situations, like I prayed for this, you know, and, and I, I wished that I had this. And so I better not, you know, get to, uh, so, you know, I better not lose sight of the fact that one day I would have prayed for this. If I would have told myself five years ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, that these were the kinds of conversations that I was going to be having. Um, couple things like one Lil Wayne was like, yeah, uh, what's a life without pressure? You know, at one point in time, you know, my pressures were, you know, I lost my best friend when I was 18 years old. Um, my football coach who was my father figure passed away when I was 15 years old. Um, you know, before I met Matt and Sam, yeah, I was working at Paramount Pictures having a great time, but I just felt like it wasn't for me, I, I had a business opportunity. It fell through, bro. I was back to Ubering and, and working security in a parking lot, which was basically telling people where they can and cannot park. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and that was like in the winter for like 12 hours a day. And then, you know, I got an opportunity to go on a tour and then, you know, one thing led to another and I met Matt and Sam. And so that's really the secret for me is just remembering like where I come from and remembering my why and understanding that um, this, this like hectic moment is not going to shake me enough to break my why and my foundation. And it's not going to break me enough to make me forget. Cause again, like I, I prayed for this at one point and it's like, do you want to be Ubering right now, Doug? Like shout out to all the Uber drivers. It's not what I'm saying, but I know for me <laughs> that I did that long enough to know that I don't want to do it again. And so when you start thinking like that, it's like, bro, going to this conversation, I'm like, what's up guys? Like, let's have a good time. Like, cause at the end of the day here, I'm on a, on a call with a client that either is going to blow up and be, you know, the next whoever it is in like your mind Sean Paul or they are Sean Paul, or they are Sean Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like oh man I'm not gonna sit here and say I don't get stressed out or that it's all sunshine and rainbow it's not what I'm saying I'm just saying that I can't you know allow it to overcome to such a point that it's like you know I'm losing my head over it bro we clipping yeah. that shit too yo that was an awesome answer bro uh, that was awesome no, and no, i needed to... that obviously because i talked to my life coach about how all right well, we just i'm gonna start doing that you know what i mean so um yeah it's dope go ahead Sam, go ahead no for sure cut out for a sec but um oh, okay, okay no and i know lo- i love that man and i mean it, it definitely shows and it's always great and it creates for a more enjoyable experience for everybody one other thing too just as like an observer i feel like um like you're very routine you have a very strong commitment to personal development and you also like the fact that despite even some of the craziest weeks like you're still fucking carving out that time for that 6 a.m gym session like is is it's counterproductive as it may seem to some or just it, it seems like incredibly valuable because I, I think they're like body mind spirit i mean being able to really get the like the body and, and control over that domain is just gonna phys- physiologically like set you up and charge you in a much more just like better mind and physical space so um yeah one other thing i've seen bro one thousand percent i mean to keep that one short it's like i know what it's gonna take for nico to be the best nico and if I'm not the best me, then 
it doesn't matter. Like if I'm not hitting the gym or, or, you know, in my word or spending time with my wife, you know, consistently enough, because those things give me life and recharge me. If I'm not doing those things, then I'm not going to serve the team. Well, I'm not going to serve the clients well. And so, like you said, like, I've definitely had the conversation where it's like, how do you have time for the gym right now? And I'm like, you don't understand if I don't go to the gym right now, then uh, the, I'm going to be that much less productive. Like one hour in the gym is going to equate to me being a lot nicer and a lot more efficient and smarter releasing endorphins than, you know, um, than if I don't do it, you know, then, then yeah. you give me that one hour of my time. Yeah. No, so like I love that. Going straight to work. And yeah. I mean, a mood. To, to build upon that, I mean, from a, a leadership perspective too, like enabling strong performance while still enabling also, an enjoyable work experience from the people on your team. Like I know we've um, created cultural values. I know I've got the hiccups as I try and spit through this question. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when we th- when when you think about that though, from more of like a leadership perspective, obviously there's some element of like lead by example. But um, I think there is this interesting balance of like creating peak performance, creating an opportunity where an environment where people are like growing a lot and pushing them up to and through their limits um, from a growth perspective. Um, but then doing so in a way where it's like, we're also able to like have fun and kick back, like for, as a leader, as a manager, what are the things you're intentional about that are able to foster that environment? Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost is like getting to know people and like who they really are, not just from like your resume. So like your resume got you the interview on the interview. I'm actually like, as we've been on interviews together, Sam, like I'm kind of like looking through like not just your specific answers of, you know, what creates a good, you know, campaign or whatever it may be. Um, but, you know, getting to know people's quirks and and kind of, you know, whether someone's more of a stoic or outspoken or whatever it may be and, and getting to know them specifically, what are your interests? What kind of music do you actually listen to? Like, so that way we can plug and play you on look, not every single time, but the clients that you are going to be passionate about. If I know someone is super passionate about working on, you know, X client, and then, you know, we need to restructure some staffing, I'm not going to pull them off that one client that they really like love. And so it's, it's different things like that. And then not only getting to know them, but people want to feel like they know you as well. And so empathizing with them, giving them, you know, Hey, well, when I first came on at Knox, you know, I went through this same kind of learning opportunity. And so this is what, you know, Sam or Matt had taught me, or this is the experience that I had with this client. And so I want you to learn from my mistake and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, just painting a picture that comes from a place of like, I want to lead with love. And like, I think love is, is communicated by um, obviously your words and actions, but just being like an ear and understanding and who somebody is and making them understand who you are as well. So you can actually like click on that level. Like if somebody needs to go to the gym at six o'clock in the morning or they have it blocked out at five, like I want to give them that space to be able to be right within themselves. Cause I, I, I know for me how it is, like I was just explaining. So I want them to, to feel that way as well. Like I want you to do the things that are going to make you the best you. So when you show up, you're here fully and like, it's time to go. Because if you don't like another thing about love is people get it twisted up. I think that love is, is being direct as well. 
So I'm going to be straight up honest to you. And I'm going to tell you like, hey, I would rather you not even show up than to show up half-hearted like that. Like you, need to, you need to roll in here and be on point and be correct. Ask a bunch of questions if you don't know what's going on because I'm always down to have conversation. But don't come in here. Be quiet. Not ask questions. Do something. Do it incorrectly. And then me try to figure out like what is going on. Like, because if you're not asking the questions, I assume you know, but then your performance is showing that you don't know. So where's the disconnect here? Um, and then the other thing is like, I like to tell a lot of jokes. I'm just kind of like, I was kind of like class clown in, in like high school a bit. You know, I think jokes are <laughs> like jokes. are. I can make myself laugh by just telling myself inside jokes in my mind. <laughs> Yo, I do that shit too, but my girl thinks it's so corny. <laughs> I'll be laughing at myself. She'd be like, You think you really funny, huh? I'd be like, Yes, I do. Yes, I do, actually. I do. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I do. That's why I'm laughing. You're making yourself happy, man. I'm with that. Yeah. And then clip I- this and show her that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, be like, Nico, do it too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they do it. Uh, yeah as I say to myself, trying to make myself not feel weird. Um, and, and then I think, bro, like, it's important to make people understand that they're valued, not just by you listening, but like, I kind of do this thing in Slack every now and then, try not to overdo it, because I don't want it to seem inauthentic. So every now and then, I'll just go into like, we have a general Slack channel where people are, it's just general combo. Well, I'll just go in there and drop a little paragraph or, you know, maybe I'll, I'll just send uh, Sam a personal text real quick or I'll hit Alexi with a voice note and she'll be like, hey, I just want you to know how much I care about you and, and how value, valued you are here at Knox and that we really couldn't do this without you. And, you know, I, there's no one else I'd rather be in the trench, trenches with, whatever it may be like. And, and that, that has to be authentic. It has to be real. But it is very important to make those deposits into people because, especially as a leader, uh, we're constantly making withdrawals, right? Hey, let's get this done. Hey, oh, cool. Client just called. We got a fire. Like, I'm going to ask you, like, can, can we set a jam for 7 p.m.? And it's like, dude, 7 p.m. Like, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? And so you're constantly making these withdrawals, but I don't want to overdraft and burn somebody out. Mm-hmm. And there's only a few ways that I can actually make deposits in somebody that lives mm-hmm. in New York um, that I see, you know, once or twice, maybe three times a year if I'm lucky. And that's with my words and with my actions. And so I need to make sure that my actions are leading with love and that my words are also reflecting that from time to time. Because I know what it's like to get a little note like, hey, man, just checking in on you. Hope you're good. Love you. You're, mm-hmm. you're a legend. Da, 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 da. And like, man, that's awesome. So I think that that's a that's a really big thing for me. Um, I, I I think it's super necessary to do a, as a leader um, because it, it boosts people up. Everyone loves you a little note, you know what I mean. So that's Sorry. big for me. You you mute it, Sam. You mute it. Yeah, I was saying I like those notes. For the record, those are those are a nice touch. <laughs> I appreciate those. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I might send y'all a note later today. <laughs> right. He's taking out his phone, drafting one for yeah. us right now. Yeah. <laughs> Go and get the note. Mid, yeah, mid interview, bro. Right. You're killing this <laughs> interview. Bro. He's like, he's like, bro. I just appreciate you so much, bro. 
<laughs> you were really uh, good at this, man. You growing so much, Jordan. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, man. Uh, but thanks, thanks so much for 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 taking the time, Nico. I mean, like you know, going into this interview, Sam obviously knew you very closely and knows you very closely. But I'm glad that I get a glimpse of your value sets and, your, and the skill sets you've developed and kind of what makes you tick as a person. Because honestly, a lot of it was inspiring, and I'm sure our audience will think that too. So really appreciate it. Man, thank you so much for for those words. Uh, uh, it's been cool, like to to see what y'all have done with the Music Business Podcast. Obviously, a huge fan, avid listener, and and um, I'm just excited to be here. I was like wondering in the back of my mind after a while. I was like, dang, Sam, it's been like two and a half years. You had Legati on this like so long. <laughs> when am I gonna get a shot? No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, yeah. But thank you guys for having me on, and excited to watch you guys continue to grow and do your thing. Likewise, brother. All right, man. To see you in our next Zoom. <laughs> I think we got a uh, six o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> All right, All right bro, thanks, man. Thank, Thank you. Peace. Damn, well, I really enjoyed that interview, man. Nico's a, is a brother, a friend, a uh, partner. Um, super grateful to have had him on and to, I mean, uh, obviously work with him a lot, to, but to just kind of take a step back and, and just kind of, uh, really dive into the deeper elements of him as a, as a person, as a leader, and understand some of these frameworks. I think it's really powerful and really helpful for you guys. What do you think, Jordan? Yeah, man. I mean, like I said during the interview, bro, we got clips, man. We got some clips. <laughs> so there were there were a lot of there were a lot of bite-sized moments that I think we'll be able to repurpose because they were just so on point, you know. Um him talking about his journey uh specifically and how he reminds himself whenever he's in moments of turmoil that this is what he wanted. Um, I also think it's funny that he said, no disrespect to Uber drivers. And he said, shout out Uber drivers, which is the first time that sentence has been said <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the podcast. But um, he was just being thoughtful. So uh, just super glad to have him on and just to learn from him and to hear what you guys have been up to and how you all operate. But Nico is clearly a, a boss. So yeah. very, very glad to have him on. That's right. Well, appreciate you all for, for tuning in as always. We'll be back next week, but until then, we out. Damn, I thought you was finna say, um, appreciate you, but then you said all right after a second. <laughs> but appreciate I got, all I appreciate y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now we actually all gotta wrap together. it because now we just this, this is this is, we keep it in the outtakes this week. But all right, we, we actually out. Peace. <laughs>